yes, sir. M. Al Alric. Warden. Fell hour. That he'd see me at noon. Oh, yes, Mr. Alric. The warden will be with you in just a minute. Excuse me, please. Uh-huh. Warden's office, Sergeant Kennedy speaking. Who? Oh. The Solidy Droid. Yeah, yeah. Windsor's execution? Okay, hold on. I got the dope here on my desk someplace. Excuse me, Mr. Alric. Be just a minute. It's all right. Press get hungry for the gory details about now. This is the third call this morning. Mm-hmm. Have a seat there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, here it is. You asked in a rug and the truck right my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Hey, kids, it's your old pal, ML Elric, back from the road, tracking down everything I could possibly find about Adam Fox, the alleged ringmaster of the plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. But before we get to that, I want to let you know where I'm coming to you from. I am in a brand new Ford F-150 at Roy O'Brien Ford at Nine Mile and Mac. <laughs> they are our new sponsor, our Facebook sponsor here at ML's Soul of Detroit. And uh, I'm dialing in remotely. So uh, let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. Mark Fellhauer at headquarters, trying to keep things uh, as 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 stable as possible. Trying. It's not always easy when you're joined by Sean Windsor, who is still battling with, uh, with a, a, a devastating illness that he contracted at the same place where Robert Kraft had his <laughs> post game <laughs> press conference that one time, um, happy endings.com. Uh, I think it was orchids of Asia. Oh, is that what it was? It actually oh, is the name. It's that's uh, taking up valuable uh, space in my head. Oh, geez. See, I, I don't I don't condone that kind of conduct, so I couldn't even remember the a name massage? of it. massage? What um, are you talking about? What's wrong with the massage? I'm, I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying, you know. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, oh, and that's then, exactly uh, why you're here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there he is. Then, then we, we have Matt Jennings, who is uh, trying to go back-to-back on incredibly strong history lessons, and Joe Zuver is the one who is uh, is finding a way to make this look good, because that's not easy when you got this crowd. But uh, I'm great to, grateful for the support of Royal, Royal Brian Ford. Um, let me tell you how much I believe in this dealership. My mom bought a car here. And hey. if you think I'd let my mom buy a car from a bunch of chumps, well, we've had a difficult relationship, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that happen. Not, not at all. Uh, Royal Brian has been here at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac for 74 years. And when I came in here, I could not believe that there's a pandemic on because, I mean, everybody's wearing their mask and there's lots of sanitizing stations and there's please keep your space please maintain social distancing, but this place is buzzing. People are in here checking out the beautiful new Mustang, checking out, you know, behemoths like this F-150. Yeah. For those, for those that aren't watching, ML is sitting inside the cab of an F-150. Yeah. And, and this thing is so big, I can do a podcast from the cab of an (laughs) F-150 and I'm only using the front seat. I'm not even using the crew cab behind me, which is plenty big. And when I was out crisscrossing mid Michigan, I think a lot more people would have come to their door if they'd seen me roll up, Probably. In a big old 150, because this car is the one that America was built on. Um, and so so if you're interested in a new vehicle, come check them out. You can acquire virtually anything you want uh, by going on uh, Fast Track at RoyO'Brien.com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. It's family owned, and they've had a friendly and professional staff here, as I said, for almost 75 years F-150 best-selling truck for 43 years straight. 
uh, I may uh, just relocate here. This is this is more comfy than the studio. I actually have a little more headroom than I do in Drew's basement. So, uh, <laughs> Brian Ford, let them know that ML sent you, and we hope they'll be with us for many, many years to come. So, so it's great to have them uh, behind the show. And um, I also want to talk about Sir Speed before we, we get into the meat of the matter. If you own or work at a company that needs marketing materials, then listen up. Sir Speedy Print Signs Marketing in Harper Woods, Troy, and Novi can help you with the kind of things that you're seeing everywhere. Signage and floor graphics. They're hot items with businesses who are reopening and trying to keep people safe. If you're trying to do direct mail campaigns because you can't go door to door, Sir Speedy are the ones who can help you target the clients and find new prospects. Or if you just want to update them on your current state of business, they can print up things like your new temporary hours, safety precautions, whatever. If you need brochures, signage, direct mail campaigns, promotional products. Sir Speedy has you covered. They have a full creative staff. So you don't even have to come up with the ideas. You just have to let them know what it is that you want to do and they will help you design whatever you need. So if you're just starting up or you need to get your marketing game going or your company wants to take it to the next level, you need to call my friends at Sir Speedy at 586-777-7500 or visit their website, sirspeedydetroit.com to get your marketing project going today. And when you call them and you let them know ML sent you, as you should tell all of our sponsors, we will sign, send you a signed copy of the Kwame Sutra. So uh, check out my man, Tom and his crew at Sir Speedy. So uh, it's great to be with you um, back home in Detroit because I spent a lot of time on the road, found some crazy stuff out. If you've been reading the free press, you know all about it, but, uh, but maybe you don't. So um so send us some questions on Facebook Live, and we'll we'll try and get those answered for you. When you're talking about the big uh, plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan, which I, I'm really fascinated in how this broke and how it worked. Um, it, it appeared to me that the Detroit News broke it first. Is that is that true? Well, let me tell you who broke it first. <laughs> oh, we had some audio problems there. It's, it's, I, I think that something may we may have lost something with our connection there. Um, uh, so, as I understand it, uh, Robert Snell of the Detroit News may have been the first person to post that there was an alleged plot to uh, kidnap the governor. Uh, the free press was on it um, very quickly. And uh, from that point on, everybody else is trying to catch up with us because we covered this story like no other. I mean, we put a team of reporters out there well, to that, try and that's to try and check to 13 defendants. And I that's mean, kind of kind of what crazy. I'm wondering is, is it like uh, a firehouse where the alarm bell goes off and it's all hands on deck and how do they decide? Cause you got, you were sent after to find out information about, I guess you would call him the ringleader, Adam Fox, um, and find out his background well, and his history. And Teresa was sent to the, the vacuum store. Is it just, I mean, is it just drop everything and go and find out what you can on these people? So it, it is kind of like a firehouse, except uh, I didn't hit the pole. And I actually have ridden on the pole at the firehouse in Brooklyn many, many years ago. It's really cool. It's really, yeah. really cool. Um, but anyway, um, I, I, no, I was hiding under my bed because I'm working on some other stories. And I was like, please don't call me. <laughs> I, I, I don't have one more complicated story that I want to be involved in. And uh, There seems to be a lot of them in 2020 for you. Yeah. And, and crisscrossing the state of Michigan to try and find out a bunch of screw heads is not my idea of a good Friday night, especially when I got beers in the fridge. But um, 
But no, I mean, it is all hands on deck. Uh, we have a, a new investigations editor, Matt Dolan, who has a team of, I, mean, I think we've got to have one of the biggest investigative reporting teams in the Midwest. Even then, it's not enough because you're talking about 13 people. And we should make clear, they're alleged plotters. Nothing's been proven. These are just, these are just accusations made by the feds. And we know in the past, the feds have made allegations. It didn't quite pan out. So we got to be really careful to make sure that people know that these folks are in court today. In fact, if you want to go to freep.com, my wife is up there, Teresa Baldus, at the detention hearing. But, um, she but no, did, she, but, just had, she just had a, an update too with the, I think they took a break uh, with the hearing and the arraignment. And really, the, the only new information now is, is your buddy, the ringleader, Adam Fox. Uh, the plot in his mind originally was not to take Governor Whitmer and have her tried in Wisconsin, which is what the affidavit or the um, uh, criminal complaint said last week. His plan was to take her out on a boat and just drop her in Lake Michigan. So is this like is this like Monty Python, the Holy Grail, where if she floats, she's a witch? I mean, she, <laughs> and if she sinks, well, she isn't. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure. I understand. I, I think the determination the of her being of that, a witch but, was already made by them. I think it was just a way uh, oh. to to get rid of her, um, which leads into a whole bunch of other questions. So when this happens, you you get the call, um, and it's assigned to you. Uh, how do you how do you start tracking? the story down. I mean, you have contacts all over the place in the FBI, I would assume. You would assume, but let me tell you about the feds and, and, and God bless the feds. I really like the feds. We just had somebody from the FBI on last week. And if you missed that show, what the hell were you doing? Go check it out. (laughs) But they don't tell us stuff. Feds read the newspaper. They watch TV, they get leads, they investigate stuff. But when the people who write those stories or broadcast those stories say, Hey, fed, you had a good case based on my story. Can you help me? They're like, no, we can't help you. They just don't talk. So, but they, and, and they, I mean, they're never a source though. You would think there's leaks and there's sources like, Hey, uh, keep a, keep an eye out. This thing's going to drop at this time. You would think. And unfortunately you, you'd for the most part be wrong. Right. Um, the, the other, the other complication with a story like this is Michigan is split into two halves. There's the Western That's district right, yeah. and the Eastern district. And all this went down on the Western District. So even if you know a local prosecutor who, you know, may be assigned to the case, we could just say, hey, are you guys going to be in court tomorrow? Just something innocuous like that. So we don't know any of those people. We got to start from scratch. In your mind, is the FBI like very tight lipped about everything? They're not a bunch of gossipers in general. So the Eastern District wouldn't, a guy in the FBI wouldn't call the Western District and say, hey, uh, tell, what do you know about this case? Or they're just that tight lipped about it? I mean, I've known some opinion. of these FBI folks for 10 or 15 years and they, it doesn't make a difference. They tight lips, tight ass. I mean, they wear dark suits with white shirts. If they put on a tie that's not red, it's, you know, they yeah. start asking questions about them. Like, are you on peyote or something? I mean, it's a very by the book operation, no matter what you've heard in Washington or any place else like that. I mean, these guys, they, and these women are, you know, uh, they do their job and their job is not to be helpful to the media, which is, I understand that, but it breaks my heart every time I get a no comment. Now, but, the victim of the plot, Governor Whitmer, she would have been told, right? When they, oh, when, sure. they would have notified her, um, which led to another story. Of the um, One of the representatives in the state house said that she should have told the, the, the Congress, the state legislature about this. And I thought, well, wouldn't the FBI be like, don't tell anybody, don't say anything. This is what's going on. At some point, the uh, the target uh, needs to be notified. 
Um, and it's probably with a don't you dare tell anybody else because we're not ready to go public with this. And we're afraid that if people know what we know, uh, they'll shut down, they'll scram, you know, they'll, particularly when you're doing recordings and when you have confidential human sources, we talked a little bit about that last week with our FBI supervisory special agent. These are people who are in the middle of this, who are essentially undercover. Sometimes they are undercover federal agents. And sometimes they're just people who say, Hey, you guys need to know what's going on here. This is some scary shit. And in that case, and, and in this case, they were paid. There's reward money. There's, there is a, um, I don't know what the proper term is, but they, they get money. And in the complaint, uh, mm-hmm. it says one of them got about 12 grand and one of them got about 18 grand in return for the information that they provided to the feds. Um, but to go back to your earlier question, how do we start on something like this? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I'm like, I'm busy already. Uh, and I thought I was off the hook um, on Thursday and I was just about ready to go to the Cadu cafe for a little socially distanced beer at Marshall beach with a couple of friends when they said, you're on the story starting tomorrow morning. So I went out, tried not to have too much, uh, sadly did wake up a little hungover <laughs> and then, then had to at like seven thirty eight in the morning, start reading everything we had on these guys, which we've published, uh, and everything we haven't published because we have reporters who are constantly trying to gather information and gather leads. Now, in this case, Adam Fox is someone from mid Michigan, um, he, his last known address was in Grand Rapids, which is Kent County, but there's another county that is right by there. And so people in Kent County also go into, I don't know if it's Grand Haven County or whatever it is. And then he also had an address in Allegan and he had spent some time, you know, in other parts of mid Michigan. So I've got a long drive. I got to get there. Courthouses may or may not be open to the public because of the pandemic. So the way I start is I start trying to figure out which courthouses would he most likely have had a case in because I'm big on public records. People may lie. People may have mistaken memories. People may decide not to talk to you even if they know everything, but records don't lie. Records are frozen in time. They're sworn documents and you can't really do better than documents uh, when you're trying to get to get to the truth of the matter. And so, so I just eliminated courthouses. I, I finally figured out that most of the material I was looking for was at Allegan County. So I put all my chips on Allegan County and just started burning rubber to get to Allegan County. Dumb question. Do you have to be at the courthouse to get the records that's not online? Yes. Even when records are digital, I think attorneys may be able to uh, subscribe to a very expensive service where they can access those records. But, you know, a lot of these courthouses, this is the you know, they're in the county seat and the county seat may only have, you know, a few thousand people. And these are not uh, highly sophisticated digital repositories of records with robust, you know, mm-hmm. IT infrastructure. You need to go out there and you need to, you know, put your mask on and stick your nose on the plexiglass and say, hey, I'm ML Elk from the Detroit Free Press. I was wondering if you could give me any records you have on Joe Bag of Donuts. And you got to hope there's something there. Now, some of these places do have their, their uh, what's called a register of action or like a docket or listing of cases online. So you can kind of see if there's something there. So I was fortunate that the courthouse that I went to did have some records online. So I knew that there were records there and that there weren't records at some of the other places. Some of the spots I have to call the clerks and say, hey, will you kindly run some names for me? Let me know if there's something there. And one of the courthouses, they said, even if we have something, you need to make an appointment. So we probably can't give it to you today. But I was fortunate that the courthouse with the most information was open to the public, uh, had the records handy, 
and that I could get there before they closed for the afternoon. And those folks were super helpful, very, very, um, uh, the, the good people of Allegan County can feel good about their tax dollars paying public servants who are serving the public. When you introduce yourself, do you always say, hi, I'm ML? Do you always use initials? <laughs> Uh, you know, usually what happens is I show up and they go, like, oh, my God, it's M.L. Elric. And some of the women okay. faint <laughs> and some of the men take scented hankies and dab at their uh, at their eyes. And uh, and then I say, you, it, it's it's, you know, I mean, I, I think the only the closest thing I can come to it is when uh, Clooney gets off his motorcycle and has a Nescafe. Well, I was just curious because I, I thought if you use Mike or Michael, they might be they might think you're more of a human, might be more willing to help you. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just I'm just curious. Sometimes I just say, I'm here for the truth okay. and then pause. Okay. And then if that doesn't work, I say, and I know Sean Windsor. When was the last time, a serious question, when was the last time you were out, especially kind of out of the metropolitan area up north doing this kind of, uh, doing this kind of thing? Because you had a long and uh, distinguished television career and, um, you know, you, See, you, you haven't been out in the field in a while. So I was kind of curious. Save that last part. We want to okay. say, we want to use that clip again, that distinguished <laughs> okay. career part. Um, I thought you said extinguished rear, but I, I think we'll check the tape. Um, no, I go to courthouses all the time. I mean, I'm, 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 I burn more shoe leather. If you give me a black sedan, a notebook and a couple of hours, I, I, I can be a monster because I love going to courthouses. I love dealing with the people who work in courthouses. I spent a big chunk of last year in the basement of juvenile hall um, in Wayne County where those people are also outstanding public servants and let me tell you something, I never felt like a better dad than I did after reading about some oh of the heartbreaking God. cases that go through that courthouse. But no, I mean, just quite simply, you know, we don't conceal our identity. Not that not that we would have to, but I just say I'm ML Elk with the Detroit Free Press. I was wondering if you could either give me access to these files or tell me whether you have any cases. And it, it it's quite simple. Uh, now, reporters have no more right to those records than anybody else. But I just figure I'll identify myself as a reporter because people sometimes feel a little hoodwinked. If, if you start taking notes and they're like, you're not an attorney, you're not a party to the case. Um, and, and the other thing is, and I, when I, when I teach journalism, I always make sure people understand this is you need to be as nice as you possibly can be to these clerks. I mean, just in general, you should always be that way, but especially with these clerks because they do a lot of work. They're rarely thanked. They're not paid very well, certainly not as well as they should be. And if you go in there and try and big ball somebody, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that file's been misplaced. Or, oh, you know what? You'll have to wait till Monday for that. Or, oh, you want to put that on your credit card? We actually only take gold bullion. So well, think you about want all the people to go in there so with. sugar wouldn't melt in your mouth because yeah. these people have the power of life and death over you. Well, not to mention they probably deal with a lot of misanthropic types. And so it doesn't hurt to have a, a nice person oh, come by. <laughs> ML's, yeah, ma oh, ML's making a face there. Yeah. Well, the number of people <laughs> who go up to these windows and say uh, either heartbreaking stories, like I'm being threatened by my boyfriend or my ex-husband, yeah. or uh, which, I need to leave this abusive person. Can I get a copy of my divorce case? Which is what going you up found. There and saying, this hag is trying to get my check and I'm going to kill her. Can you tell me where she lives now? And, you know, they deal with a lot of people who are not having their best day. And that's one of the things you found with the, the alleged ringleader um, of uh, this plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer is that in 2015, there was an um, application for a personal protection order. So where do you go from there? I mean, you got to find this woman. How do you, you gotta go knock on a door, I suppose? Did you, you talk to her, right? Because she declined comment. 
Yeah. So, so I, I don't want to talk too much about my interactions with her. They weren't extensive. I mean, let's put it this way. She didn't tell me anything I could use or anything okay. that I couldn't use. She just really didn't want to talk about it. So that was sort of disappointing. But the beauty of public records is public records contain all kinds of information. They contain addresses. They may contain ages, which helps you figure out whether Joe Smith, who's 26, is the guy you're looking for. If it's a Joe Smith who's 50, then you don't bother. Um, and you can figure out who neighbors are, who relatives are. One of the most fascinating things, and, and I may be wrong, maybe in the end when we get to the bottom of it, it won't be that interesting, is that in 2014, Adam Fox changed his name yeah. to take his mother's maiden name. Now, I don't know why he did that. It may be meaningless, but, uh, but my old man is no great shakes, and I still got his last name. And if you go to ditch your dad's name, that suggests to me that there's a backstory there. And I would love to know that backstory. Um, were you, um, were you bummed that you were assigned to, to track him down? I mean, he is the ringleader, so it's going to get the most attention. Um, but, but then again, he is across the state. Were you a little upset that, uh, I don't know, maybe you wanted to be assigned someone else and do, do the reporters. Cause there's a big piece on Sunday, you know, describing all the people that were arrested and arraigned, um, I just wonder, do people fight over who they get to cover within the paper? So I think I was the last guy on the team. I, I had, uh, I had planned to spend Friday making significant progress on a major project that I've been working on off and on since March. And I finally had cleared some time. So, um, so I was just like, you know, you know, when they said you're, you're, you got Adam Fox, I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, and by the way, he used to be named Adam Wagner, which just means, oh, I got twice as many files to check. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. But, um, but it became clear after I started reading uh, our coverage that he was the big kahuna. So, um, so um, you know, so as a reporter, you know, I want to go after the biggest story. So I was pleased to have the biggest guy, but I would have dug up anybody yeah. they want me to dig up. But one thing I would say, and maybe what I found bears this out, but somebody who would be involved in something like this in sort of a leadership role probably has had other problems with authority, which means there's probably going to be more public records. And so for a guy like me, that's great because that means when I, uh, when I go shooting up some, at some food up from the ground is probably going to come a bubble and brew because, you know, I want people, so I don't wish anybody ill, but if I'm looking into you, there's a few things I really want to have happened to you. I want you to have been bankrupt. I want you to have been divorced and I want you to have been in trouble with the law because that's going to give me all kinds of things. It's going to give me your date of birth. It's going to give me family members. It's going to tell me how you spent your money and, and what money you have left. And it's going to give me some ideas where to go to find the human sources because the paperwork is great. But really what you want to do is use the paperwork to get to the people who can tell you stories. Now, when you only have a day, how many people are you going to get to when you're driving all over the place? Yeah. And so, you know, I have a nice, like I said, I got a nice black sedan. Uh, I'm driving two, three hours. That's no problem to me. It just means I can't be looking at stuff, but I can work the phone hands-free, very responsible and you, call people and say, what you got? I'm coming. Do you also hope that they have a big social media footprint or is that just end up being a big mess or is that a road you don't want to go down? So social media is great. Um, but there's some issues of, you know, is it authentic? You yeah. know, is this person really who they say they are? And, and as you guys have talked about on the Drew and Mike show, uh, ad nauseum, 
these guys aren't going to do most of their stuff on Facebook and Twitter. It's going to be 4chan. It's going to be 8chan. It's going to be WhatsApp. It's going to be, it's going to be in dark corners where I don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And so we did have people scouring social media for friends, neighbors, things they've said. But a lot of that stuff got pulled down because they were worried that, that you know, the gig was up. And, um, and, and they, th- this, these were very careful boys. Uh, if the feds are right, they were holding meetings where they, they kind of spoke in code. They were trying to take everybody's cell phones before they got together so no one could record them. They were going to, uh, you know, like off-site locations, like we'll go meet here. And I mean, this um, was, uh, I hesitate to say fairly sophisticated because it, it sounds like they weren't able to blow up the bombs they made. But these were people who were concerned that people were watching them. So it's unlikely that somebody had a, a post on Facebook that said, I'm snatching a gov. Who's up for it? Meet me at the Dairy Queen at the corner of Hayseed and Dirt Road. Except though, we do know that they were on a Facebook group page together chatting, which was probably private and, and damn near impossible to get to. Um, Teresa wrote a really interesting story. She was sent out to the vacuum store where Adam Fox, I guess, lived, where they had their meetings. And she pointed out how um, paranoid he was. He would collect cell phones. Um, yes, yeah, so- they met in the basement. I, I just wonder, from her perspective, how receptive was the vacuum store owner? Because he just he wouldn't talk to many, many people. So some of that is newspaper magic. Um, and and you're right. You know, if I were doing everything I want to do, like when I background somebody and we did this with school board candidates a few years ago, I put them through like two dozen different sets of records and two dozen different traps. You could spend all day on social media. Instead, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the courthouse. That's where I'm going to, mm-hmm. that's where I'm going to make my, I'm going to make, if I can only do one thing today, I'm going to hit the courthouse. And I, I luckily hit the right courthouse. It wasn't all luck, but I mean, I, I, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but Teresa um, did not speak to the vacuum cleaner oh, okay. store owner. It was actually my colleague, Eric Seals, who's a photographer who went out to talk to him. Here's the other thing with stuff like this. First person usually gets the interview. Everybody after that either gets sort of like, I already told that guy or get off my property. I'm so sick of you jackals coming to my place. So I've always been somebody when I see that somebody's already squeezed the orange, I'm looking for the grapefruit. But uh, Eric went out there because he needs images. And so at first he was told by the vacuum cleaner shop owner, I got nothing more to say to you guys. You know, I got to get some work done. But Eric is a super cool guy. And he's very, very composed. And so he just went out to his car and was doing a little bit of work he needed to do. And because he treated this person with respect and with courtesy, uh, the vacuum shop owner came out and said, um, okay, I'm sorry. You know, if you need to take some pictures, oh, take wow. some pictures. And he wanted to set the record straight on a couple of things, like his name, everybody spelled his name wrong. The free press got it right. <laughs> um, and, um, and because Eric and I had a plan that we were going to meet at the vacuum cleaner shop after I hit a couple courthouses. I just said, Eric, you know, if this guy talks to you, if you don't mind running a little video on him, that'll save me a stop because, you know, when you're going 50 miles between stops, that's time you can't get back and time is precious. Sure. So, so Eric interviewed him and put the interview in the system and Teresa wrote a story based on that interview. And I included some of those comments in my story as well. So if you see my story at freep.com, which I, wholly encourage you to do you'll see at the end of it it says eric seals and Teresa baldus contributed to that because they most certainly did now he did he not get a picture of the basement was he not allowed in the basement 
saw, we had a picture of of because uh, one Bryant, of the things, one of the things uh, Brian, opening the trap door, but yeah. I don't think he got inside there. Okay, because he really took um, objection to the fact that it was called a trap door because it was more just a um, not really a cellar, but it was a door in the floor. It wasn't like you press a button. It's just funny to me the little things that bothered him, which I would understand. I guess getting your name spelled wrong. Although as a mark with a C, I don't, I could care less about people spelling my name right or wrong. It doesn't matter. And, and we're going to be talking about marks with a C a little bit later on in the show. So if you're watching us on Facebook Live, you won't get that. It's at the end of the show. Check out the full audio version because marks with a C. What did I, do? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there, there's uh-huh. a lot of troublemakers out there. Mark with a C. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Well, anyway, um, well, you know, this is one of those things where my whole life I call it a trap door. Then I get in the news and trapdoor sounds like I'm running a conspiracy. So now I say, don't call it a trapdoor. You know, I think it's yeah, just one of those things where people get, get, get touchy about it. But I mean, uh, uh, would, it, would it be better if we call it a hidden door? Does that sound more Apparently. nefarious? I mean, it's a door that you wouldn't see unless you were looking for it. I mean, yeah. trapdoor, hidden door, whatever. We're not saying this dude was involved. In fact, we quoted him as saying he wasn't involved and that he's glad the FBI infiltrated this and, uh, you know, and shut it down before it got too far. So then the paper drops on, uh, it was this Sunday, yeah, this must have been Sunday's, the big article, this huge, too many pages for most people to read article about that kind of Ooh. puts together it all. Hurtful. Uh, well, no, I, hey, I read the whole thing. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a hey, fact. We, we chewed up a lot of copy. But how does that get to put, get put together? Because it's almost like a, um, like a best of of all the stories. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's sort of like a, a not comedic anchorman news team assembles. Everybody has what they had. Hopefully your boss knows by the end of the day, Friday, what you've got. I didn't get home until about one in the morning Friday. So nobody really knew what I had. In fact, when I checked all the courthouses, I didn't see anything. So I sent back a note that said, I'm hitting the road, but I'm not going to find anything. So don't count on me. In fact, pray for me. Well, as it turns out, I, I did find some good stuff. So good for me, better to under promise and over deliver, but nobody really knew what I had till, Saturday morning. So I got up around eight on Saturday morning and started pulling to get, so I got home at one. I started going over it. So I'd know what I had to work with on Saturday. I got up, started writing at eight 30 Saturday. We all had a deadline of noon. I think we all missed our deadline. And then one of our colleagues was going to pull together the best of what we had into sort of an omnibus story. But it turned out I had such good stuff, not, hey. not because I'm special, but because the public records were so rich that uh, although, you know, I don't know who else would have written about the three-legged dog. I'm going to take some credit for that. But, um, but anyways, um, so I just started writing. I sent my boss a note that said, I think I got really good stuff. Let's do a story Saturday and not wait till Sunday, which we did. You can read it. It's at freep.com. It's going to cost you 99 cents to read. Don't bitch at me because 99 cents is nothing. Um, and, uh, and you can read it. And then the best of that, uh, was, or what somebody thought was the best of that was put into the big story on Sunday, where we told everybody as much as we could responsibly report about the 13 people. I'll just tell you, there's more that we know that we haven't confirmed. Mm. And, uh, if you give us that 99 cents and subscribe, I think you're going to find out it's well worth your buck because there's more coming. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask you now. Where does it go for you? Obviously, I, Teresa today is on the beach. She just had another story, too, where um, Virginia's governor was also uh, part of this uh, kidnapping plot. They were going to go after him next. So she's breaking news. Are you, are you reassigned to another part of it, or are you just sitting back and waiting? When did this become Teresa's soul of Detroit? Why are we well, talking no, about just, her all the time? She's dropping these big uh, breaking news stories now. 
Oh, so she's okay. I thought you and I had something going on. You and Teresa. <laughs> I'm just reading her story. I don't know why she she can't she couldn't come on today because she's What's doing. What's Julie this. up to? Nothing. Hey, Julie. Homeschooling. Give me a call, babe. Mark, Mark, Mark. Okay, enough's enough. I can't take this anymore. Didn't he bring up <laughs> Teresa at the beginning of the show? It was appropriate to give her a mention. Then, doesn't he do that every week, Mark? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now it's, it's an extension of himself. It's not that he cares about Teresa necessarily. It's that. You know, it's my wife, so it's me. It's Look. it's kind of like posting a photo of him leaning up against a tree to suggest that he's out there working on the road, working under tough conditions, wherever he's going to write, he's going to write. Look at me, what a great reporter I am. Here's a question for you, Mike. What's it like to be so <laughs> awesome? So now it's it's Sean's soul of Carytown? Is that hey, what happened? Hey, for Is the that, record, just answer, just answer the question. Is this Sean's soul what of, is it of like Chelsea? To be, What's it like to be, hey, God, I got great stuff. I'm the only one that would do it right about a three-legged dog. I want to know what that feels like. Yes, Sean, you would like to know what it's like to have great stuff. Um, I've been reading your work, but you did take credit for Teresa's story uh, about the vacuum store. You and no, the no, photographer. I was, just, I was just setting the record straight and trying okay. to give credit where it, it, it belonged to Eric Seals. But Teresa, on, in Friday's paper, put or maybe it was Thursday's paper, I lose track put together the how it happened, the blow-by-blow yeah. blow from the public radio. She did a great job, but can we stop talking about it? She's not well, even I, here. She's I, not I, even for, listening. For the record, I was referring to her as free press writer, not wife of you. Yeah, no, right. believe me. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the work she's done as a free press reporter, as opposed to my wife, is much better. Believe me, the, the work as a wife has been kind of... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that so where do you well. Okay, where do you go from here, then, with this story? Back to the tree. You know, I'll just, I just, I thought I looked really nice in that mock turtleneck, Sean. That's why I posted it, but I guess I, maybe I did. But you didn't have your ask out, ask out. God, I can't speak. I'm sorry. I I'm think little, that will be our show. weather still, but uh, that'll, anyway. be, that'll be our uh, show's so, cover today, uh, I think. I'll, I'll just, I'll just tell you that, um, that in 24 hours, even with great public records, there are leads that you can't fully track down. Um, there's some people I'm still waiting to hear from. I dropped letters in mailboxes on many darkened dirt roads on Friday night, um, asking people to give me a call. Some people have called me back and say, they're not the people I'm looking for. Others I've not heard back from. So I think I'll have to revisit their stoop. Um, but, uh, but I will just say right now that I found something that um, if it turns out that there's a connection there, this story is about to get a whole lot weirder, a whole lot weirder. Um, and, uh, and I may be wrong, so that's as much as I can say. But, but we're going to stay on it. I, I asked them, am I done? And they said, no, you're not done. So, uh, so there'll be more to come. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in. And I'll never change. Ray Nut, Ray Tso, Ray Nut, Ray Tso, Ray Nut Infinity, Ray Tso Infinity Plus One. No. The Great Debate is brought to you by a sponsor that kind of describes what Sean just did to me. It's called the butchery. <laughs> just chopped me in little pieces. He, he made mincemeat out of me. He's uh, he's so he's so mean sometimes. Are you okay? Anyways, um, you know the butchery is my favorite butcher shop, and it's the place to go for prime meats. It's on Orchard Lake Road, just west of Middle Belt. And uh, they ship USDA prime and American Wagyu beef nationwide. So if you can't get in there, you can still get hooked up by the butchery. Go to the butcherysl.com, the butcherysl.com. Let them know that you want to get some, you want to get your, 
and Waguan sounds weird. It sounds like some sort of Pokemon character. But if you want some Wagyu, they'll get it to you. Um, listeners of Solar Detroit get one pound of free breakfast sausage or bacon with any purchase. Tell them ML sent you for your free bacon or sausage. Um, they have an amazing selection if you go into the shop. It's one of the coolest butcher shops you've ever been in. Lots of great products. We've all been there except for Sean which is probably why he got sick because he wasn't eating that good stuff. <laughs> I will, I will get out there. When it's I'll go out show. there with you because I want you and Dave to stare in each other's eyes. And I want to see like the pre-fight pose where it's like, okay, I'm going to cook this up. No, I'm going to cook you up. We're going we're no, to do gonna that. I'm just going to go out there and, and defer and, you know, learn a little bit and watch you get some free food, I assume. And, uh, you know, it'll be nice. I, I did get some free brisket last time I was out there. It was okay. fantastic. What? But, hmm. Yeah. But, uh, that's the way it goes. I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here with Teresa's soul of Detroit. May I have some brisket, please? <laughs> I don't think she's as sensitive as you are. Apparently. No. I'm just impressed that the cab from our new sponsor has the room for your mouth and that mic. That is a big cab. <laughs> That's a great That's a, car. Hey, uh, how much are the pots going for there at Carytown? Is there oh, any oh, finger oh, paintings? Carrie, do you even know where Carrie, there is a, Children's Museum that's not far from Carytown, where I think there's some finger painting. Yeah, or as you call it, museum. Yeah, yeah well, this is my level. That's true. Uh, 248-682-COWS is the butchery's number. Um, give them a call. I promise you it's worth the trip. It's worth the click. The butchery, tell them ML sent you, and there's lots of good stuff coming your way. So um, so our great debate. Mark, I, you know, I, I've been, I've been – I've been on such a high thinking about how wonderful I am and then brought so low being yeah. reminded how miserable I am. What is our great debate topic? Well, I didn't say you were miserable. Come on. Don't exaggerate. It was heavily implied. I thought it was about how great you are. Yeah, exactly. But that's no debate. I suck. <laughs> Let's well, just get it out there. You know, you pose the question in the, in the rundown. ML actually, people can see this actually does do a little rundown uh, sheet. And, and the question you pose is, is the plot to kidnap the government, is it just another overblown federal investigation that'll turn out to be kind of like the Hutari uh, militia case a few, that was that about, about eight years ago, um, which just sounds about right. Ended up being another militia just running around, uh, you know, playing army, which I think these guys were playing army, but I do think it gets a little, um, I think it becomes serious and action needs to be taken when they're actually surveilling the house and trying to buy explosives. Sean, do you have an opinion on this topic? I um, I mean, it could be to your point. It could be uh, that they were sort of in over their head. Let's get back to Mark on this one. Well, I, okay. I, I oh, think no, no, sorry, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Sean. I, I, well, I they were, say this, they went over their head and then we're going to be able to pull it off. But come on, man. The, the, the thing that we should be talking about here is that they're getting radicalized, that there's, there's too much of that uh, going on in our country uh, on both sides. Right. I mean, I hate to say that because even saying on both sides now is such a political thing to say, but, uh, but that's what I would worry about that. They actually thought about it that they, and, and wanted to act on it, whether they're going to be able to pull it off. Maybe you're right. That could be completely overblown, but well, so that, the then that they, I think they, they I, thought about it and wanted to do it. I think the question should be then is how fearful of these people should we really be? Well, when I was knocking on their doors at 10 o'clock at night, I was a little nervous who was answering, you know, if it's going to be at the point of a gun or whether it's going to be, uh, you know, in their night shirt with a, a candle and a, and a little candle holder. But look at um, them. Look how inept a lot of these groups are in doing this stuff. I just, I'm not terribly in fear. And maybe that's just me. I'm not in fear of, you know, the alt-right or Antifa destroying the country. I think it's a, I think they're a really small percentage of people that 
play army or play, you know, shit starters. That's just, that's me. I just want to know if Sean's ready to, to disown Antifa or Antifa. <laughs> it's an, uh, it's a, an ideology, not an organization. Isn't that what, uh, who said that? Was that Biden that said that? Don't, don't you mean to stand down and stand back? Oh, yo, yeah, that was, that was, of course, President Trump that said that. You know, it's back in the Mark, back in the early 2000s, I went up to, I don't remember the name of the town, it was somewhere up in mid Michigan to hang out with the son of Viola Liuzzo. Liuzzo, do you remember? But she was, she was a civil rights She's rights a civil activist. rights worker from Detroit who was killed down south. Yeah, I think in Mississippi and um, in the 60s. And her son became part of the Michigan militia that sort of get gathered momentum in the 90s. And he was, I don't know that he was a leader. I can't remember all the details. But I remember hanging out with him and some of those other folks. And they do take their training seriously, right? I mean, it's not quite like the military, obviously. But they're, they're serious in that way. But I'm kind of with you, Mark. It's a... It's a small percentage. Back then, I don't. It wasn't targeted any one person. It was just this idea of a, the government and black helicopters. You remember all that? It wasn't oh, yeah. specific. That's maybe what's a little more worrisome now is that it was targeted to a governor. Sean, did you do anything on Terry Nichols back uh, back when at the Free Press? Uh, no, I don't. Not not much. Okay, okay, because because uh, Michigan does have a history of this, and yeah, uh, he was out of Dexter, right or no? That was uh, uh, that was Mark Cornkey. Mark Cornkey was out of Dexter. Norm, I yeah, can't remember where exactly Dexter. Norm Olson was. Uh, the Nichols brothers, I think, were a little more up in the thumb. But you're right, in the thumb area. I think ML, you're getting to the point that you know they did kind of radicalize Timothy McVeigh, who blew up they a did. federal building. That's yeah, right. and and Frank Witzel, uh, one of our colleagues at the Free Press, did a tremendous piece looking at militia movement in Michigan and that the rest of the country looks to Michigan for leadership on militia. And actually I want to call them self-styled militia because it, nobody asked these guys to be ready to go. These are not the minute men. <laughs> these are people who have decided that uh, the, the, the rapture is coming and they've appointed themselves as our protectors and perhaps as our, as our, as our, uh, our prison guards. But the difference between the Hutari, in which case this seemed yeah. to be some goobers with two-way radios and whatever we want to call these folks, apparently they align themselves with the, uh, the Wolverine warriors, or the Wolverine militia, something like Watch that that them. has some yeah. sort of, some sort of uh, structure, is that they were doing recon. Yeah. They, were, they were drilling. They were testing IEDs. And, um, and maybe their mother should have tested IUDs and we wouldn't be stuck on this. <laughs> I don't know. But I think but, that's, that's what gets lost here is what a great job the FBI did. I mean, the FBI has been hammered in the last um, two years by both sides. Well, actually, last four years by both sides. Hillary's, they think of Hillary's emails and then they think of Russia and they've been maligned by both sides. But look at the good work they did stopping this plot. Who knows how far these guys would have gotten with it. But I think they did a fantastic job. And I, I do think that gets lost a little bit in this because of the fear of militias. Well, I, I think it remains to be seen how serious they were, how far they would have taken if this was just some some guys who were, you know, bored with paintball. We're going to know more about that as this case plays out. But I, I mean, I'll just tell you, we had a debate at the Free Press as to whether or not the lead of my story should have said that uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer is not the first woman to fear Adam Fox. And in the mm -hmm. end, we said to have reason to fear Adam Fox because there's some dispute internally as to whether or not Governor Whitmer was ever afraid or not. But when you hear that there are people who might blow you up, there are people who may grab your kids, whether it's legitimate or not, I think you're afraid of that. And I think what we're finding out is these guys, whether they were capable of pulling it off or not, definitely 
rose to the level that we should be watching them. So, oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? <sighs> you know, there's, when it comes to Geek of the Week, I guess I'm the geek because uh, this is my man Luke, who's he can save you a lot of money, he can make you some money, but he's going he's gonna to make me cry a little bit. And here's why. Because he says, some people like to save up for something really nice, like a new earring that looks cool. You know who he's talking about. Yeah, you know you. who he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, thin-skinned people. It's it, Butchery, more butchery. Or maybe even a time machine that could take you back to the 90s with dudes with earrings that weren't pro athletes were a thing. <sighs> Sean, I, have you been writing this copy for Luke? <laughs> uh, I know you guys have so many views in common. It's, it's only natural that you would come together <laughs> in, this, in this assassination campaign. If you've been wondering how you can budget for a major purchase, call my man Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748 or email at lnawacki at pinnaclewealthstrategies.com. You can find a link to Luke's website on our website. He's going to help you get through these turbulent times, plan for your retirement, save some dough, make some dough. He can assist you to devise a plan targeted to help you reach your financial goals. And when you deal with Luke, he'll make sure that it's all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Mike, Mike. Yes, sir. You know why Mr. Luke is going to help folks? Well, he's going to try. He can't guarantee anything, but he'll, well, the odds are he'll, he, do, he'll do better than you do saying, I'm going to buy some of that amalgamated widget. You know why he's <laughs> capable. He's, in, he's positioned himself to try to help folks because he's not he's stuck a strong, in the 90s. he's a handsome man. <laughs> because he's not stuck in the 90s like you. Right? Uh, I mean, he's moving forward. Sean, ML, ML making Speaking it to the of, 90s is, is progress because he was stuck in the 80s for a while. I know you're right. We got him up to 92 when I guess <laughs> earrings and fades were still popular. But uh. well, speaking of uh, the 90s, and it actually was the 80s. But the the police have a great song called "Born in the 60s," which I was <laughs> apropos nothing. Oh, okay. Just trying to bring. It, I'm trying to support my brother. Do you want me to give my uh, geek of the week uh, suggestion? Do you want me to start? Move this. Go along? ahead. Go ahead. It's up to you. It's up to you. I, I know who Sean's is. Who's Sean's? Every white guy. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I know, I know. It's it's so it's so hard to be white. I know. <laughs> okay, uh, mine is a net- <sighs> mine is a network. I'm gonna go with a Happy f- Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm gonna go with a whole television network, and I'm gonna go with the NFL network. I don't know if anybody oh, knows why, um, but it's because they suspended probably their best reporter, their best um, insider. You know, they love insiders, but they suspended Ian Rappaport who has two and a half million followers on Twitter and they suspended him. They claim because he violated a, um, a rule that they have in the NFL network where any, any tweet of a product that uh, you tweet out needs to be cleared. But I really think it's because he tweeted out an advertisement for manscaped. Oh, and we know how body manscaped can be. We love manscaped by the way, code M M L. So what's the code? I think it's ML just code ML. Yeah. Which, you know, they're a supporter of this show. We'll be um, talking more about them next week, including some incentives to to purchase Manscaped. So hang on. Just but wait they, till next week. I just find it hard to believe that they suspended him 
until you know late in October. We're in the midst of the NFL season, and they actually need the guy. And they suspended him for a product that is it's a hair trimmer. It's a hair trimmer. I just I don't know. So the NFL network. Well, that's what is it? What is someone who's nominally a journalist doing promoting products on their Twitter I, feed? I think he might do podcasts. They might pay him to do a podcast outside of the NFL network. So, well, maybe he should do it on his podcast now. I don't know, but uh, oh, but so you, you know, don't you don't have a problem with them suspending him? Because I really think it's about the product. I mean, the guy can be a little vanilla as they come. So they, I just don't think they wanted to be. Oh, so you think it's, it. it's an unsavory product, and that's what the NFL Network d- didn't like about it. Even though, you oh, know, well, maybe if he tweet, well, actually, you know what? I bet it is. If it, if he would have tweeted something about an official sponsor of the NFL, like um, I don't know who's an official sponsor, Coors is Coors beer an official sponsor? If he would have done that, I don't know. Yeah, if he would have done that, they probably would have been fine with it. But because they're not getting a cut of the money, they had a problem with it. Well, as, as someone whose TV career ended in part because of an association with an unsavory podcast, mm-hmm. I'm with Rappaport all the way. You, you swung me. Not that we're debating it, but yes. <laughs> NFL Network, you suck. Blow me. Sean? Blow my well-shorn personal parts. Sean, do you have a, a I do. nomination? I do. I want to throw Manscaped. a... Uh, I want to... I <laughs> my my geek of the week is a, yeah, is a peace offering to um, you know some of the folks that uh, maybe don't like... Uh, some of my views, some of Mike's views, or is it ML? I'm always confused about that. But uh, so, so, yeah. So look, my geek of the week is actually a city oh. in in, uh, in the Netherlands. I'm sure you you've been there, Mike, and done the things that uh, progressives like you like to do when you go to places like that. Uh, speaking of the Netherlands, uh, the lawnmower 3.0 will take care of your Netherlands <laughs> like nobody's business. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Classic. In any case, I'm with you, Rappo. We were all, we were all, uh, most of us anyway, were saddened when when Eddie Van Halen died. When we learned of the news of that, I was a lot of stories, right? A lot of stories came yeah. out afterwards talking about his childhood and the, the bullying he received. He and his brother did because they were they were Bi-racial. part Dutch, part Indonesian in California and, and all that. But it actually went back to Amsterdam. And it was so bad because uh, the, the folks there in Amsterdam bullied Van Halen brothers because their mother was from Indonesia because they didn't look like all the other sort of white Hollanders. And, uh, I, you know, Amsterdam likes to hold itself up as a, a bastion of progressivism and intolerance. And, and we're going to take everybody and you can smoke weed and do this and all the cliches. And look, they ran the Van Halens out of Amsterdam. Yeah. And we, we won because we got them. Exactly. So they... <laughs> Those two-timing, those uh, duplicitous, progressive, liberal wackos who ran the Van Halen's out there. Those folks, those Amsterdam, uh, okay, I'm not going to cuss. Those Amsterdam jerks are the geek of the week. Wow, what kind of meds is Sean on right now? You know how they got out of there, Sean? (laughs) Oh, boy. How? In a moving Van Halen. Oh, that's good. How long did that take? That's like, come on, man. That's not as good as Matt. How long did that take uh, you? Well, it took you five minutes to get to the point, so I had lots of time to workshop it. Well, yeah, but I have a voice people actually like to, if they don't like my views, they actually like to listen to, so there's a difference. Actually, I think they like your views. I think I think you're the conscience of the show, which is, is good. Uh, no, the, from the feedback you're going to read later, I guess people just want Mark and Matt, and <gasps> not the two of us. But maybe if I wore an ascot, I'd be, uh, I'd be good. I think the guy who wrote in wants Mork and Mindy, not not anybody else, but that's oh, fine. But uh, yes, and I, I have been to Van Halen, which reminds me of another great police song, Roxanne, Turn on the Red Light. But anyway. By the way, did you just actually tell somebody to get to the point? Is that what you just did? We'd have to check the tape. I don't know. <laughs> Mark, 
Mark. I will say something though, as, as basically our guest on this week's show, I feel uh, I'm, it's possible I'm being cheated out of something. Oh, some beer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. All guests appearing on ML Solo Detroit receive a 12 pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. Uh, that one has already been delivered. <laughs> as all of them just get delivered to your house. You know, the worst part about delivering the beer is when I ask the guys if I can come back for the cans and they chase me off their property. <laughs> but uh, what can I tell you? probably not a joke. Well, I got to, you know, if I'm going to get one of these F-150s, I got to save up. Not that they're not reasonably priced. Um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is my geek of the week because they've denied protection to wolverines under the Endangered Species Act which has frustrated conservation groups who argue the species faces an existential threat from the climate crisis. Now, this is based on a ruling that was announced on Thursday. Fish and Wildlife Service can considers wolverine populations in the lower 48 states to be stable and threatens against wolverines to be less significant and threats against wolverines to be less significant than they previously thought. I'm sensing a joke coming up. The agency is consequently withdrawing a proposal to federally protect the species. This decision is based on a comprehensive species assessment completed in 2018, just before the class of 2017 abandoned uh, Ann Arbor, as uh, Rainier Sabin wrote in the Free Press. But uh, it calls climate change the most significant stressor of wolverines in the lower 48 states, but argues enough snow will persist in the upper elevations of the wolverines range to accommodate the animal. Well, I, I know bear no ill will against the Wolverines. And frankly, I'm just concerned that the Spartans haven't been as great a threat to them as they have been in the past, but for not trying to preserve our beloved unstriped skunk, U S fish and wildlife service, you and Jim Harbour, all my geek of the week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. I'm going to pretend like you didn't just make my dick go soft. Welcome to the world of virtual learning, where we have our guest professor, who an adjunct professor, if you will, who is virtually funny, except last week he was really funny, and now he's going to try and go back to back before drops and ads happen and the kids can get their tuition back. Professor Matt Jennings, the chalkboard is yours. If, he, if he's there. Oh, he told us he needed Hi, time. guys. Uh, oh, yeah, I appreciate you guys checking the, the chat. I saw it, Matt. I saw it. But uh, Mike, you know, he only cares about himself. That's why he booked himself as the guest this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I know. It reminds me of horrible bosses when uh, what's-his-name took over the senior vice president of sales role just because he could. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? It is a like, show. His name is on it. Yeah, I mean, if you, if somebody has initials in their name, you know, you gotta you gotta be cautious. I was interested. I, I took I a case of Al just to hockey last week. I need to restock. <laughs> I was interested. Well, you know why? You know why he goes by ML, right? Why is, is this? Is this the beginning of your bit? That's kind of what it's I'm sure no. for a militia lover. <laughs> no, it's it's easier to say during a yawn. Oh. And that is soft nice. history. Nice. <laughs> soft like history that. is now history. <laughs> Next. Like <laughs> Next. All right. What oh, do you got, Jiminy man? Jiminy Cricket. Now, I will say one thing before we do anything. I want to say that uh, the butchery hooked me up on my camping trip last week. And if you haven't tried their uh, kielbasa or uh, their uh, cheddar and uh, jalapeno brats, you are missing out. 
I think it's pronounced get on with it. Yeah, we've already done the butchery. We love the butchery. Come on, man. I know. I just had to say it. Okay, so this week, the great Chicago fire burned for three days before it finally got sick hey, Matt, of the traffic and Matt, left. Matt, what? why did the fraternity allow the mushroom to join? Oh, I have no idea. Anybody else? I'll, I'll, I'll be your, I'll be your uh, stream in because uh, he was a fun guy. No, because he's an asshole. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> okay, well, let me start over. That's this how it's week, done, son. <laughs> this week, uh, if that's the case, we're all in trouble. This week, the great Chicago fire burned for three days before it finally got sick of the traffic and left. Lit- <laughs> and it lived out the rest of its days in California on Ron Howard's head. Did him. Isn't he bald? See, see uh, he's a mushroom. Bald now. A mushroom is a fun guy. It, it's a fun guy. Yeah, that's like a, a surreal kind of thing there. I it's like the, that, though. You're going for, you know, fur on a teacup, sort of Andy Kaufman type stuff. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should sell, it, we should send Ron Meyer, uh, Ron Howard, one of those sweet uh, Solar Detroit trucker hats that Sean is, is sporting. Yeah, he needs Mine's one. Mine's got a little sweat it, in it. It's called there. misdirection. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so, be- uh, is this comedy or comedy school? Come on, man. You know what makes Matt's, Matt's you know what know. makes jo- Matt's jokes even better is how we analyze um, <laughs> how we analyze them whether or not they're funny or if they are funny. Those always help jokes. Yeah. And of course, wondering if my delivery is going to get heard through thirteen thousand people talking. <laughs> we'll see. Go ahead. Next. All right. In seventy-two, plane crash survivors lost in the Andes for two months resorted to cannibalism to stay alive. This had better not be a butchery (laughs) tie-in. I'm warning you. Do not bring the butchery into this one. That's why I mentioned it before. I don't want to misdirect you guys. Okay, keep going. All right. In 72, a plane crash survivors lost in the Andes for two months resorted to cannibalism to stay alive. Is that what those mints are named after? The mountains? (laughs) Those Andes mints you get? Those are good. Oh, I don't know. I, I've tried the, uh, the the mountain oysters. They're pretty ballsy. In <laughs> okay, I won't interrupt you again. I had no idea what was going on. That's a good one. Plane crash survivors lost in the Andes for two months resorted to cannibalism to stay alive. Did the you start 16- over on that one? <laughs> Five times he has. I just, I just, I just realized he started over again. The 16 of the original 45 passengers survived. These are the guys the in the Andes? <laughs> Yes. From 72? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, good. For two good. I just want to be sure. They ate each other for two the months? S- the 16 of the original 45 passengers survived the ordeal and defended their cannibalism and even added that their favorite was Frank. They put that guy on everything. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that one. That's that's not bad. That's and you know bad. what they had afterwards? Oh, my God. Did you guys hear what Sean said? <laughs> you know what they had afterwards? Oh boy, here we go. What? What did they and say? Andy's Mint. And Andy's and Mint. It's very, it's very refreshing. Well, they did have something Dude. sort of like mountain oysters. I think it was Matthew oysters. I don't know. In 2006, New York Yankees. Should have stopped at Frank. Yeah. <laughs> You're on top. You're on top of the mountain there. Then there was an avalanche. Oh, God. In 2006, New York Yankees pitcher Corey Little. Is it Little or Lytle? Lytle. 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 Thank you. And his flying instructor died when their small plane crashed into an apartment building, or as the Boston Red Sox would call it, a shortstop. <laughs> Nothing like good tragedy. That was pretty good. Wah, That's a good wah. one. 
Now, I'm glad that I am glad that Sean is out of the hospital. And I'm also glad that you guys told me why he was in there, because my first assumption was that an eagle mistook his head for a rock and dropped a turtle on it. So I'm really happy that uh, <laughs> what's going on is uh, is is just his belly. <laughs> I love you, Sean. So please. <laughs> They put that my, shit on everything. Mike, I just realized that you're, that you're actually holding me in that photo. I just realized you're actually holding me. That's a great photo. I'm, that is awesome. I'm, I'm concerned that uh, Matt's head is bigger than mine. That's really not uh, what I've been led to believe. I thought I had the biggest head in the whole damn place. But, uh, and, of course, if you're listening... If you're listening uh, to us on the, uh, uh, on the download, on the audio. I like the some, white pumps with the with the black legs. We have some great graphics for room 7609. We're going to have to put those on the website Sean because I don't, Sean again. I don't know if anybody can see them on Facebook Live, so we'll have to put those up somewhere. Yeah, they can see them, and those were all done by uh, Matt Jennings. So Matt Jennings, there you go. and he makes the sausage, too. What, right. don't, what don't you do besides jokes? Um, good ones. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, you know what? I'm going to say that was an A minus. Oh, wow. Oh, thanks brother. Wow. And, and with an extra credit assignment by the end of the semester, you could be up to a C plus you're this, you is know, good. I got to, I got to say though, that my track record hasn't been perfect, but I will promise you one thing. I can either do knee slappers or slaps on the forehead. Both will happen. I promise you that. Uh, let's stick with your record. It hasn't been good, but we're hopeful. We're hopeful. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's getting better. Carry on. <laughs> fun guy it's, uh, you're really still trying fun. to make your joke work huh i'm just i'm trying to get through to matt here i just i'm just this is this is rote learning this is repetition and gotcha. uh, uh, fun guy okay. can you tell us uh, about hall financial oh my god speaking of fun guys they care about the community <laughs> and that's why they're working around the clock to help you save money by refinancing and that is fun, guys. It's time to look at your options. And that's why many people are refinancing right now. If you haven't refinanced in the last year, Hall Financial is here to help. Interest rates have never been lower. Now's the time to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket as we go through turbulent times. And if you refinance, you can probably skip a couple payments. So why not see if you can save some money or cut some term? Call my man, Dan Morrison. That's what my buddy Bobby did. He just had a birthday and Dan gave him some more good news. He can save him some money. So Hall Financial gets to you fast. They have the fastest service in the business and they have so many five-star reviews. I can't even keep up, but I'll tell you this much. I'm one of those people because they made a very tricky deal happen for me in East Lansing. And I'm hoping to put them to a test again soon. So go to our webpage and click on their logo to get started or call my man, Dan at 248-308-5000. Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention, and MLS 146743. Wait for it. Five. I'm really intrigued to see what the song is this week because the one you and I texted about is not the one in the rundown. Oh, no. I, I thought the one, it was it was uh, Personal Jesus by Jeff. Oh, no, no. We're saving. 
that other one. <laughs> oh, we are. Uh oh, I better cue. Oh up yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you okay. had a couple there. There's there are some good options with them. But yeah, no, no. I I'm I'm happy to go with what we talked about. But uh, we had told people we were going to play Johnny Cash covering new wave music, and I don't know how we can make him wait one more week for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me just cue it up then. Jeez. <laughs> but we can make him wait one more minute for that. <laughs> Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who cares Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who's there Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer Take second best, put me to the test Things on your chest, you need to confess I will deliver, you know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who cares Your own Personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone to care Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer I will deliver, you know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith 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 Now, am I the only one thinking that's what Sean sounds like in the shower? (laughs) No? Okay. Um, Did anybody catch that honky-tonk piano in the back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Isn't that isn't that cool? So 
Johnny Cash, um, I think, was that part of his American recording? Something he did late in his career? Very yeah. uh, Covering the, uh, perhaps the biggest hit that Depeche Mode ever had, but as with all nails too, I think. Yeah, I did the the Hurt. I don't know the name of that song, but yeah. I believe he did yeah, Hurt. Song. He did Rusty Very Cage good. too by Soundgarden. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's a great, it actually is a really good album. And it was. The, the Hurt cover was the uh, song for the Wolverine movie, the final Wolverine movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they use it for the previews. That, that's just an incredible cover. Is is that the one st- starring Dylan McCaffrey? Is that the last Wolverine movie? No, he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. He nice. doesn't go there anymore. Oh, well, just, maybe there's a the last Wolverine move. Er, like the Van Halens. You know, uh, Valerie Bertinelli uh, was spent some time in Michigan. By the way, uh, Jamie Laroe, one of our colleagues at the Freebirds, did a great story about how Eddie Van Halen was a GM guy. Oh yeah. And, uh, as I, as I sent to Mark when the news broke of Van Halen dying, I was never a huge uh, Van Halen fan, but have always been a huge Valerie Bertinelli fan. So good to know that there's some Michigan talent there. She's got a nice cooking show on, actually, right now. How can you not? She's, she's cooking all right. I'm still stuck on the fact that you're not an Eddie Van Halen fan. How can you not be an Eddie Van Halen fan? He's okay. I just because you know. the yeah the music was I mean yeah I, I respected and admired him more than than I loved his music probably kind of like you really yeah I mean I like some of their pal- uh, power ballads but they never really harnessed me forever what? but I did I did appreciate their joy Mark and the, the you know they they walked that line between kind of uh, you know the metal and having fun and massaging yeah, a little they, bit they were very and, respectful of women and you know yeah I can see why you, here's here's Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm nah. sorry. I forgot you guys only like uh, music that's very respectful to everybody and all kinds. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they actually walked a, a great line between. I mean, women. Lo- I, I I saw them play in Dallas in the early '80s, and they were uh, the, the the concert hall was 50 percent women at least. They loved them. They they somehow pulled that off. Uh, you know, they were misogynistic right. yet not. You know, we did just play a song about Jesus, so that was respectful. It's- that's a great cover, by the way, if you actually want to talk about that song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, okay. So, anyways, we, we would like to hear more of your nominations for New Wave songs performed by non-New Wave artists. Uh, Mark has a great one that we'll probably play next week just because he's looking a little little down in the mouth about it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm still surprised I'm on an island of Van Halen fans in this group of four. Van Halen's okay. Them, but I have... I mean, bigger bands I love. Man. I love the opening guitar riff in Best of Both Worlds, which I know will probably irritate a lot of Van Halen purists because that's Sammy Hagar uh, when he was singing. No, that was them. a great song, man. But uh, yeah, the, just the, there was a musical quality to it. But can you, Mike, just talk about this cover for just two seconds. When you listen to that man sing, Panama, you hear, um, there are a handful of singers, you hear. 10,000 years of life, you hear the American story. Johnny Cash is a Marvin Gaye's like that. Aretha Franklin's right there. When you hear, you hear pain and regret, but also joy yeah. and melancholy. You hear all of it. It's incredible. And it's, it's, it's especially in his later years. Anyway, you well, go ahead. So Man, I love finger on the pulse, Sean. I love that dude. I love Johnny Cash. But when I hear that version, I say Johnny Cash will be dead soon. I mean, you really, when you listen to that, you can tell where he is in life, and it makes you think. That's the point, right? Yeah, it makes you think when he's singing about personal Jesus, he's like, uh, 
And pretty soon I'm going to have a very personal relationship with Jesus because I'm at the end of my rope mm-hmm. and that rope has had a lot of knots in it. And he got whipped with that knotted rope a lot of times. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if there's a song or a singer who infuses his music with, uh, with his life, I mean, it's hard yeah. to think of somebody who does that more than Johnny Cash. But, and I, you know, I love Johnny Cash, uh, Folsom Prison Blues, when he's interacting with the crowd and he starts off, you know, I really like it here, kind of like it here now. I mean, mm-hmm. just such personality and, and yeah. such a. Boy Named Sue is my favorite track on that. What's that, Sue? <laughs> Boy Named Sue. Awesome song. Yeah, no, it's, uh, um, it's, uh, he, he had a, he had a way to connect with audiences. And I think it's because there was a lot of, uh, a lot of nakedness there, you know, Absolutely, I mean, the, the, just, the great singers do that, right? The man in black, why he wears black because there's so much suffering in the world. You know, I'd love to wear, I'd, I'd love to wear a rainbow on my back, you know, but until then he's singing about that during Vietnam and stuff like that, yeah. which I'm sure was not really popular with the country crowd. I mean, tremendous, tremendous artist. And, uh, and like most of the members of Depeche Mode, very gay people didn't really know that, but I think <laughs> you just, you said that, right? Sean, he, he was marvelous. Gay Johnny cash. If you want to say it, marvelous then say it, then, then own it. If you want to oh. say it, then own it. You, you said Marvin gay. gay. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, it's, I misheard you. Yeah, but yeah, Marvin gay was somebody else who had that. I mean, yeah, they're just not that many singers. When they start to sing, they take you back to the beginning of time to some degree. Yeah. Cash does that. Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin does that. Did that, right? I mean, they're just, but it's there are a handful of them. I mean, some people would say Chris that um, Johnny Cash and Marvin Gaye are kind of misogynistic in their personal lives. I mean, I know their music wasn't, but no. oh, so I know yeah, no Eddie Van Halen. Van Halen. I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean, Sean can be righteous when it suits him. I'm still hurt by it. <laughs> What do you hurt by? I, you know, I saw him in concert. What more do you want? I, I drove with a van with shoe polish with a bunch of people. Uh, and you know, you know how that was back. Shoe in polish. Day. You know, when you took the oh, white shoe polish and rode on the van, you're going oh, white. Oh, okay, you're I thought you were doing so black you, face. You did white face. You were that woke <laughs> back then. You know what I mean? It's uh, we, we don't hate Van Halen, Mark. I know you just like Van Halen I mean, more. Does, but. Yeah, I, I don't like him very much, but I like oh. Valerie Bertinelli, and I'm I'm very sorry that Eddie had to go. He seemed like he. <laughs> oh, was I mean, Jamie's crying was a good song. Yeah, was finally, finally, one with Roth. Unchained, I think, is a really oh, good uh, sort of hard metal song. Not hard metal, but how about Hot for Teacher? It's hard to come up with less less threatening lyrics than I got a pencil. Give me something to write on. Oh, What's he write, talking about? It's there? just fun. I'm sorry oh. they can't. I'll be, uh, you know, Morrissey. Mark, well, that instead, of, instead, of, that attack, Mark, instead of attacking us, uh, lay your case out for why you like them. Because it just rocks, period. Okay, They're there fun. you go. They're there fun, go. and he's a great musician. If I could fire up this F-150 and drive away from this conversation, <laughs> I would do that, but I'm afraid. You could would, do that, but your ego won't let you. Before you drive off, can you tell everybody how to donate and buy merch and all that fun stuff so we can wrap it up? Now it's Mark's soul of Detroit. What the hell happened to this? I, I got to keep- do this before. <laughs> Mark's got a lot of editing to do. Let him get I'm, to I'm, it. I'm, I'm going to do this before Matt takes over. Um, yes, if you want to donate to the show, as Frank so generously did, you can go to mlsoulofdetroit.com and there's a little PayPal donate button. 
if you want to give Cami soul, I don't know why I can't give up on this. You know, 20 bucks, tell us what to say. Uh, geez, what a great idea. What happened to it? Um, and uh, then if you want to purchase some great merchandise, you can go to drewandmikestore.com. You'll see our T-shirts, our masks, our gaiters, keychains, hockey jerseys, stickers, autographed Kwame sutures, and very soon you will see hoodies, long sleeve T-shirts, and beanies. We would love it if you would subscribe to the show. If you would share it with friends and even people who you're not quite sure where you stand with them, this may be the one that puts you over the top. We'd love to get your ratings. And uh, we just, in general, would love it if you would love us. And of course, support our sponsors. When you hear somebody who supports this show, let them know that you found out about them from ML. And we have a little feedback here from Mark with a C who wrote at 4.30 a.m. on October 7th, a little something about feedback. We love your feedback, negative or positive. But if you send us feedback at 4.30 a.m., it's pretty much a sign that you're a chronic masturbator. Anyways, um, but <laughs> not that I'm trying to, to deflect here. But uh, after our show and last week in which we looked at the mean streets of Detroit from the perspective of an FBI agent, Mark with a C. Not this writes, one. After last so-called podcast, nice try! I'm convinced my paint job will last 10 or 20 years. I don't think yours did, nor did your relationship. Mark is still the best. Mark with a C. What? You and Sean suck. I'm done with your suck cast. As much as Mark doesn't like to hear it, stick to print. Another listener checking out. Eat it, ML, because it's always been about and will always be about you. F you. I'm obviously done. I hope many others will do the same. Wow. I, I, just, I would like to know what it was. What pushed him out over, over the ledge there? But Probably then, you joined me somehow. Am I, am I the ultimate corrupter here? No. No, since, I think he's, uh, he's mad since, about ML making it all about himself, although the show has his name on it. Yeah, he's, he never does that. It's always all, all about you, but then he hates me too. So that's kind of the point. So uh, that's just gratuitous. So anyways, um, <laughs> uh, uh, so since Mark H is not listening, I did have to send him an email that just said, uh, appreciate the feedback. And you left a comma out between eat it and oh, ML. Uh, so that's, that's going to help. That's going to help your case. <laughs> yeah. I've not, I've not had a response to that yet. So I'll let you know, but uh, before we go, Sean, how you feeling? What are you working on? We, we, uh, we give you a hard time, but uh, you wrote a very powerful column um, memorializing some of what you talked about last week about your experience with the nursing staff while you were convalescing. Uh, how's that going? I'm feeling better. Thanks for asking. I'm not quite all the way back, but uh, each day is a little bit better. I'm back uh, writing, hopefully just with sports. You know, I've been told to stick to sports, so that's what I'm going to try to do. Um, Mark texts me almost every day and says, quit writing about anything but the Lions <laughs> and Michigan football. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's where we're at right now. I uh, am hoping to go to Jacksonville this weekend with oh, the Lions. Yeah. Um I'm going to make a decision probably Thursday, probably Friday because the the flight Saturday. I love that the situation is that bad that you're hoping to get on a flight in the middle of COVID (laughs) to go to Jacksonville, Florida to watch the lions play the Jaguars. I know, I know, but it's it's just all about routine and what's normal and what feels sort of, uh, just make sure you get better, Sean. Most people will try to get out of that. I've been cleared to travel, but, uh, um, but it's, yeah, we'll just kind of see how the, the week goes. Okay. So I'm not a narc, but I, I, I do have to mention, I think management may be aware that you couldn't get to Ferndale, yeah. but that you was, will only go to Jacksonville. No, I don't know yet. That's what I'm saying. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, no, last night I, I ended up in bed uh, really early and and, uh, and I texted Mike. Since this is a behind the scenes show, and said, hey, am I going to get the Ferndale today? I didn't know how I'd feel in the morning and Mike being Mike, I didn't want to lay that out there to make that decision in the morning. I probably could have come today based on how I felt this morning. But uh, but last night was not good, so yeah. Get your rest, man. Yeah, I was just trying yeah. to prepare for Mike. And we like Sean when he's know. feeling better. He had a pretty strong performance for a guy in his deathbed. Apparently, apparently he's going out swinging. I got the uh, I got well, the antibiotics two days or yeah two days ago, so that's starting to help. You had the remdesivir and the hydroxychloroquine as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and a combination uh, of them, it you know makes you gurgle a little bit down below, you know. Okay, we, we should have left a minute ago. Um, uh, so Sean is maybe going to see the Lions, which uh, uh, if, if his intestines weren't uh, sorely taxed before, that should pretty much finish him and off. It's not a direct flight, too, by the way, right? So oh, God, it gets help. worse. That, no, that actually don't helps. That actually helps. I don't want to be hostage for more than an hour, so I'm going to Atlanta. Sean, just in case militia is listening, I would not give such detailed travel plans <laughs> because they may be looking to drop you off a dock somewhere. No, that's for sure. So, so that I didn't say I was going from Detroit. I'm driving to Cleveland and flying from there. <laughs> okay, so you just changed your travel plans and told everybody. So we're going to talk about this off the air. But, but yeah, if, I can't wait Sean, to see the bondage photos. If Sean slips through the iron grip of uh, of the fascists, uh, he'll be back next week, as will Mark and I and Joe and uh, and Matt. In fact, I've heard from a lot of people who say that Joe's their favorite person on the show because he's the only one who doesn't say something stupid every week. So, uh, so Joe, please, please give us, give us one more week. Um, and we would appreciate if you would support the other shows on the red shovel network, of course, Charlie the Duff's no BS news hour, no filter sports with Eli, Denny and Bob. And the one that makes it all possible, the Drew and Mike podcast. And before I hit the gas on this big rig, I'm going to, I did honk it. Sorry. Now, now people are looking <laughs> at me. Good advice, dude. Bail out. Bail out. <laughs> Cyrus, bail out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I know I didn't have too much right to be mad at one sergeant. But today it didn't matter. Because I was mad at the whole world and in particular what it had done to her. It used to be a nice kid, man. Sean Windsor. When I stood in Warden as far from drab prison office and waited while a dapper man in gleaming hickok cufflinks and soft gray gabardine got through talking to his wife in syrup-sticky tones, I began to get mad at him, too.